Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hej och hjärtligt välkommen till Travel News podcast. Mitt namn är Viggo Kavling och jag är chefredaktör för Travel News. Vi är reseindustrins största affärstidning och vi har funnits sedan 1985. Och varje dag så publicerar vi mellan 5 och 10 artiklar om reseindustrin. Ett par av dem är under vignetten Premium och det innebär att bara du som har Premium kan läsa de här artiklarna och de innehåller djup kunskap om reseindustrin. Och varför håller vi på med detta? Jo, därför att en professionell affärsstidning kan inte vara gratis utan den måste kosta pengar för att jag måste få betalt och mina medarbetare får betalt. Och tack vare det så kan vi fortsätta att utveckla reseindustrin på ett professionellt sätt. Så tycker du detta är viktigt och vill du vara med och stödja en professionell affärsstidning och få 500 unika artiklar per år ungefär plus en massa andra häftiga grejer då ska du naturligtvis skaffa Travel News Premium. Nu har jag tjatat nog om detta, nu till dagens intervju. Jag har pratat med Nick Brooks som är generalsekreterare på All Rail. Och han är alltså EUs, den fria tågmarknadens lobbyist i, i Bryssel. Och ja, tycker du att vi ska bara ha statliga monopol, då är den här intervjun ingenting för dig. Men tycker du att det ska vara fri konferens, precis som det är på flyget, även på tågmarknaden, då ska du lyssna på den här killen. För han har många idéer hur det ska gå till. Exempelvis tycker han att det ska vara neutrala betalningsplatser där du köper biljetter. Så att SJ ska inte ha ett de facto monopol utan det ska vara en fri marknad. Och man ska kunna åka tåg runt om i Europa lika smidigt och enkelt som man åker med flyg. Men det finns förstås stora utmaningar och de pratar vi om i den här intervjun. Bandet rullar. My name is Nick Brooks, I'm Secretary General of All Rail, the Alliance of Passenger Rail New Entrants in Europe. What is uh, All Rails? Should we start with that? It's a NGO, a association, a non-profit association that's pushing for faster market opening in passenger rail across Europe, including in Sweden. And uh, I'm sitting here with one of your members, MTR. Why, uh, why is MTR a part of this organization, do you think? Well, MTR has been there since the very beginning, and it is one of the, 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 the role models for liberalization in this country. And it shares our beliefs in trying to... But when, the, the core belief is that we think there'll be more passengers taking the train if there is market opening, which is good for the environment. How... Are, what's the problems for you? Um, we have a number of issues. We have, co- I would say, four core issues in Europe. Firstly is ticketing. So that's what MDMS, I think we're talking about that later on, What is what that is all about. Making tickets, rail tickets more accessible, both within Sweden and also for cross-border international travel. Next, um, it's access to rolling stock. So um, how do you get hold of coaches that can use for trains, whether they are for local lines or high speed, anything in between? Thirdly, how do you get track access? And what does it cost to access the tracks all across Europe? And then fourthly, the balance between um, 
subsidy and non-subsidized services. So that means public service obligations and open access commercially driven services. Are there too many public service obligations in Europe? And is the taxpayer unnecessarily paying for trains that could be done in a commercially driven manner like MTR Express? And you may think, well, what's the relevance? The relevance is the money could be used instead on other things such as improving tracks. Uh, let's start with the first one, tickets. Uh, I spoke with another guy. He, uh, I don't remember his name now, but he was working in Brussels as well, and I think he was uh, part of the EU organization. And he was saying that there was going to be a, a proposal for, uh, you know, to have a neutral ticket system. Is that what you want? Yes. Yes. And how would that work? Well, a ticketing system that is impartial, basically transparent independent meaning that basically any citizen any passenger can go to any app or website and find the same real data so they can book a ticket between any place to any other place within sweden by red or cross border in the future so it's basically opening up and making passenger rail in europe more accessible and easier to book the national train carriers like SIS here in Sweden, they don't want this, uh, of course. Uh, what do you think, and they're protesting, what do you think will happen? I think it's SJ, right, not SAS. Sorry? SJ, sorry, sorry. Well, it's interesting, in other countries they do want this. So you see a certain double standard when they expand to other countries like Norway, they are a little bit like the members of Aurel. They're not members of Aurel, but um, they act a little bit like that. So they do want the opening. And of course, when they go to Germany with night trains, they equally want to be shown and sold there on the market dominant platform uh, in Germany. And, And generally speaking, due to the historical situation, the state-owned rail incumbents, so that's the state-owned legacy carriers, tend to be dominant in ticketing as well. They tend to have over 95 uh, 95% market share in rail ticketing. So it's very hard for other companies that have a train to get exposure, to get fair exposure, to actually let the passengers know that they exist. And I think that's what SJ doesn't want other companies to find to, be, to get the exposure so they compete against SJ. And the sad thing is they control also this ticketing market. So SJ isn't just about being dominant in trains. It's also about being dominant in ticketing. And we have to loosen that dependence because it, it would be a good thing for SJ as well if we had what all rail is calling for all across Europe. Then SJ would also have, find it easier to expand elsewhere. There's going to be a proposal, uh, this guy talked to the, like three or four months ago, he said it was going to come this summer. Is it going to come this summer or is it already delayed? I think it's slightly delayed. Yeah. I think it's. I. it was originally planned for summer for June, actually. I Personally, I don't foresee that. This happens in Brussels that things just take time. We've had this before with other issues. So my latest knowledge is it will now be around about September. And... The problem is, as I understand it, that the national states that own the the big train companies in, for example, Sweden, uh, the governments in Sweden don't want this. The last government, uh, the Social Democrat government, they they didn't want this. Uh, Do you think this new government in Sweden are more open? And how is government thinking across Europe? I hope the new government is more open on this. Um, That's my expectation and hope. In across Europe, it depends. I think on the ticket... Yes, you've identified a key issue in that the state-owned rail carriers, the, the, the state-owned incumbents, they do belong to the member states of Europe. And so 
when we go and say something isn't working, we kind of have to go and lobby the owners of our competitors, which is a bit of a bizarre situation to be in. I'm not sure if that happens in any other sector, really. Um, however, on the ticketing issue, I, I do believe that some member states, including hopefully Sweden, do recognise there's a problem, the status quo just isn't working, um, that passengers can't find trains. I mean, that's not very good for the EU Green Deal. That's not very good for sustainability. It's not very good for modal shift to rail. If there are trains out there and passengers don't, and citizens don't know that they are there. Uh, that's one thing. And also through tickets, getting to other parts of Europe. I know that Greta is from this country, of course. And you heard of her, yeah? Uh, we, we, everything, everyone around She's the world. very famous. Uh, yeah. Very famous. Uh, is it Flugscham? Oh, yeah. And uh, she uh, also uh, advocates taking the train across Europe. But as we know, with the existing situation, uh, SJ's international ticketing hasn't been that great. And so there need to be platforms, it can be SJ2, that offer a comprehensive ticketing into Denmark, up to the Norway, uh, and then down into the European continent, better than what exists right now. And I really feel that MDS can help achieve that. Because at the moment, unfortunately, across Europe, there are situations, especially cross-border, where trains are actually running, and there are reasonable connections, but people can't find them, people can't book them. So what's the point of having the trains in the first place? This... It's a very complicated situation and goes back to the 18th century when there was war in Europe and, and you didn't build trains uh, through other countries because you didn't want to make it easy to <laughs> attack another country. Uh, do you think this ever will be solved like in, in the flight business or uh, or what's your big, big plan? Well, I, I don't think... Despite what's happening in Ukraine, I mean, within the EU, I don't think there's any... any the war is not an issue at all anymore. Um, <clears throat> fact of the matter is, there must be a single European rail area. The common market or the single market has now existed for 30 years. And we've all seen from the aviation sector how the single European aviation area has worked incredibly well and actually made Europe smaller because people that previously couldn't afford it could then afford or had that, uh, could afford the lower prices through market liberalisation in, in, with airlines and, and go around Europe and, and go on holiday to the Mediterranean, uh, groups of society that previously could not do so. Mm, but we've all established now that aviation isn't the most sustainable way of getting around. So, And there are, there is the train, uh, especially night trains as well, but just to get to Denmark and Germany, there are more options coming. Uh, and therefore, um, if they happen, and we hope they do, there needs to be the ticketing so that people find about out about them and actually use them and book them, you see. So I think I think it's coming. I think the single... I mean, ultimately, the single European rail area has to be lived. It has to be, it has to be there. That's the whole point. We're in a single market. Um, there is no exemption for railways. Let's go ahead and do it. Is there capacity on the tracks at the moment for big you know for more capacity is there on tracks capacity well in sweden we always see now we hear every summer that there's going to be almost no trains in the summer i don't believe that that's bad but still there's a big capacity problem and also that the tracks are not good enough for all this traffic is this a what do you think do you understand the question uh I, I under, I, I'm not so familiar with the capacity issue in Sweden. I, I, I do understand there are issues in certain areas, especially in certain hubs. For example, I understand that Stockholm Malmö doesn't have optimal capacity yet. 
And um, it, I think it's a separate issue to build the capacity and to build the infrastructure. We certainly, we want it. We want a stronger system, and that will mean improving the infrastructure because infrastructure just can't stay the same. It has to be improved over time if you want uh, people to take the train more. But, but do you think there is... Is it possible to have like 20, 40, 50 percent more passengers on trains in Europe? Oh yes, yeah. I mean, uh, and how would that be possible? Is it bigger trains or more trains or? Well, there's a new signalling system called ERTMS, which is devised in order to have shorter um, gaps between trains that they can basically run close to each other in a safer manner that will improve the existing track capacity then you can build more track capacity and then if you have more trains more operators more frequencies of course that brings bigger choice and more seats other things you can do like having trains double decker trains for example there's various techniques to improve the capacity but certainly market liberalization is one of them without a doubt Okay, I will change a little bit here. Uh, economy. MTR, they have been in Sweden for quite so many years and they still don't have to earn one, one Swedish single crown for too many years of business. Is it the same situation out in Europe that your members are still not making any money? Um, that's, that's a good question. It's, it's, I mean, we're, a, we're an association. We are not involved in great detail with the business plans of our members. That's the business side of things. I think it's a mixed bag, to be honest. Some are doing okay, but others have difficulties. But then again, when you start a new business, when you start a new operator, it's highly unlikely, like with most businesses, that you turn a profit in the first year. So there is normally a lead time to actually uh, achieve profitability. But also this uncertainty that uh, in the economic situation that makes that venture capital don't want to go into the train business and so on. Do, do you work with that as well? or? Um, I think there's a lot of private investment that would like to invest in the rail sector, in the passenger rail sector. We certainly see a lot of interest in Brussels. That means that unexpectedly venture capitalists or private equity or pension firms, they get in touch with us, with Ori, and say, how's it looking? What's going on? Which is really gratifying. And I think I think it's good because the taxpayer, whether it's a Swedish taxpayer or the EU taxpayer or a taxpayer of other countries, the rail sector cannot grow if it solely require, um, relies on taxpayer funds because taxpayer funds are limited. They have to pay for healthcare and defence and many, many other things. So I don't think it's a bad thing if there's private investment, if there's some kind of mix of public and private investment. I think it's a very good thing, actually. And it can make better trains. It can make a, a, a bigger system. It can make a, 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 it can provide new trains. I mean, we have many members where the trains are entirely funded by private investment. But we need a, um, we need a rail market that is fair, that has a level playing field. Because as soon as you have a situation where something is lopsided or anti-competitive, or where there's discrimination, that's the one thing we'll put off private investment. And the result of that is then we turn back the clock and we only rely on the taxpayer again. And the rail market remains small. We want a bigger rail market, you see. Now I hear here that uh, MTR is going to make some money this year, probably. We hope for that. Um, have I forgotten something that I should have asked? <laughs> oh, uh, MDS, MMS, what's that about? I mean, the <laughs> what's the idea of MDMS? I, th- I think one thing. MD- well, MDMS is a very good attempt by the European Commission to make things better for EU citizens. 
the passengers, to encourage them to take the train by making things more accessible. And there are two ways I think that this is going to happen, or I hope it's going to happen through the MTMS. The one way is a bit like in aviation, independent ticket vendors are able to grow. At the moment, they've got a tiny percentage of the rail market. And there are actually two companies here based out of Stockholm, two Swedish startups doing rail tickets. Silver Rail? No, they're quite established. They're, 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 they're not really a, a B2C, they're not really a consumer brand, but there were two small ones. One is Railtick, one is All Aboard. Um, but there are others all across Europe. There's Happy Rail in the Netherlands, there's Trainline based out of Paris, there's Omeo based out of Berlin, um, Coleo in Poland. So there's, you know, there's about five or six that are trying it out, and, and, and they realised they can do something that the incumbent in-house ticket vendors can't do. And what is that? They can sell cross-border. And they can sell tickets all across Europe on the rail. And if you go to an incumbent in-house ticket vendor, whether it's a ticket counter here at the station or a ticket ve- um, machine or or Apple website, they only tend to sell and show and sell the national network and maybe a few lines across the border, let's say to Copenhagen. But they won't sell you trains all the way to Paris or something like that. So these independent ones they are trying to jump into or offer something that's never been there before. And we hope they succeed because a little, in a way, they're a bit like the online travel agencies of the aviation sector who now serve about 40, 50% of all passengers. Um, so they, but in order to succeed, they need um, and provide this service, which doesn't exist yet. They need to have access to the data also from market dominant operators such as SJ. And they need to be um, paid the same fair commission as a market-dominant operator pays its in-house ticket vendor, you see. That's one thing. That's one key piece so that we can grow these independent ticket vendors a, a bit like the OTAs, you know what I mean, with OTAs and aviation. The other thing, though, is that because the dynamics of aviation are so different to rail at the moment, I mean, the biggest airline in Europe in terms of passengers, to my knowledge, is Ryanair, which I think has about 17%, 17-8% of European passengers. Whereas in, in railways, I mean, contrast that to Sweden, what percentage does SJ have of the Swedish passenger rail market? It's going to be 90% plus in long-distance passenger rail. And in other countries too. In Germany, in fact, long-distance trains, they have DB, Deutsche Bahn, has 99% market share, which is incredible. It's re- and so you see the difference between 17 and 99. And when it comes, and because these brands have been around for 70 years, SJ, I since the Second World War, I think, maybe even longer. Um, Deutsche Bahn, SNCF, people kind of grew up with, um, yeah, people grew up with the, the brands. And so there's a kind of subconscious uh, inherited brand equity. I mean, people, it's, you, you're different, you work in the sector, but other people, people probably in this room, they will think, oh, I book a train ticket, I go to SJ. Okay, it's just natural, subconscious behaviour. And, and that's not the case. No one would dream of going to SAS to find flights right now. So it's a totally different dynamic. Therefore, until we've reached a stage like in the single European aviation area, we have to open the market-dominant in-house ticket channels of the incumbents so that newcomers like MTRX, Flixtrain and others that may want to come, Saga Rail, others that may want to come to, um, uh, to serve Sweden and other parts of Europe, they can be shown and sold because I can tell you I used to work at a new operator myself it's one thing to get to, the thing to get the trains op- operating that's expensive enough to also to have to build up your own entire ticket infrastructure 
that's really, really another huge expense that can make the difference between profit and or, or loss. Now, let's be honest, SJ, they want this too outside of Sweden. So when they go to other countries like Norway, Germany, they're demanding that they are shown and sold on the incumbent channels there. So we just want, basically, our policy is all tickets available at all ticket vendors, whether they are independent or incumbent in-house ticket vendors. But one other thing as well, uh, we this dominance of the incumbents in the retail space is being addressed now by competition authorities across Europe, um, in Spain, in France, and in Germany too, where the Bundeskartell Amtsland, the federal cartel office, is investigating the, the dominance of Deutsche Bahn in online ticket sales, and we're expecting a ruling in about two weeks, in fact. So that could have a knock-on effect on the rest of Europe. The air industry has been very good in taking care of passengers when a sort of when a plane is uh, when a flight is cancelled and and so on. Uh, when we hear about trains, it, there are so many horror stories. You know, I was going from Berlin to this uh, uh, Glasgow meeting for what the Holbergat, and I heard a story about that, and it took a week, and uh, everything was chaos. <laughs> when when will it be secure to go on a business trip? With train in Europe, do you think? Um, uh, I, I I think two things. Uh, with aviation, some people say it's an amazing experience. I have had experiences of not being good at hubs of aviation where, for example, there's been a storm and at the service desk of the airline of the Alliance in Munich, there was a queue outside the door into the car park. It was so long. So it doesn't always work that well in aviation, in my view. However, what we really need in, in, in rail, this is a very pertinent question for rail, especially across Europe, because you need to change trains more often than you need to change flights or other modes of transport on average. Because of the historical national nature. If you're traveling across border, you genuinely need to change a train. Whereas if you travel from point to point within the EU by flight or, or bus or you drive in your own car, you don't really need to change. It's, it's much less frequent. So this whole issue of what happens if there's a delay and I miss my connection, it's much more important in rail than it is in any other sector. And for that, we need some kind of, in our view, a mandatory agreement on journey continuation, meaning that if the passenger misses the connection and it's not her or his fault she or he should have the right to get on the next available service to get to the final destination as soon as possible yeah as soon as possible basically even if there's no guarantee of a reserved seat maybe the passenger has to stand or have a fold down seat the main thing is she or he gets to where she or he wants to go without having to pay any extra cost and i think if they've got that kind of security that if something goes wrong and it's not their fault then passengers will take trains more often. It's much better than than having some kind of warning in the booking engine saying, well, you're combining two different operators here that don't have a through ticket, therefore you will have no passenger rights. That, to me, is a bit like having a cigarette packet warning on buying train tickets. So we don't want that. Unfortunately, though, that's what the state incumbents want. So we want, um, basically, a mandatory agreement on journey continuation. No money flows, it's just a right to get on the next available train to get to your final destination. Then we think more people will travel across borders by rail. Anything else I forgot? <laughs> oh, uh, well... Um, <laughs> when we meet... I, I, one more thing. One thing. I think, uh, seeing as we are in Sweden, I think that this issue of SJ being very dominant in, in, in rail ticket sales is, is, is very important because 
On the whole, Sweden has a fairly good image in Europe. As we're one of the more progressive ones. We have a few different companies here. This is much better than in Poland or Bulgaria or, or, or even Italy. So in that sense, quite progressive. But what we ideally want to have in long distance rail is that there is on all routes, on all major routes, a number of competitors um, that are providing choice lower fares, higher frequencies, more capacity for the passengers. And that's not the case yet. Um, there are some competitors like MTRX, Flix Trains, Schnell, Schnell Target, and, and they do certain routes, but there isn't really a rival network to SJ. And in order for that to happen, in order for private investors to invest in the rolling stock to say, okay, we're going to do that, you need to break open the stranglehold that SJ has on selling tickets because I fear that private operators will not want to expand if their trains are there but no one knows they're there. You know what I mean? And when I see that SJ, for example, on the route to Malmö is often booked out days in advance, shows to me there's still upwards potential. There's high demand, but SJ on its own can't meet that demand and you need other operators. Because any operator that is booked out a week in advance is, is too dominant, in my opinion. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me here today. It's a pleasure to be in Stockholm. Great, thanks. Det var den här podcasten från Travel News. Jag heter Viggo Kavling och jag är chefredaktör på Travel News. Jag tackar för visat intresse och hoppas att du läser Travel News varje dag. Klockan strax efter sju kommer vårt nyhetsbrev. Det är helt gratis. Prenumerera på det. Du kan också skaffa premium, vår tjänst för dig som tror att kunskap är viktigt i reseindustrin. Det finns många som bara vill skumma på ytan, de läser bara början på artiklarna. Och så finns det de som är seriöst intresserade av att arbeta i reseindustrin och de har förstås premium. Din chef har säkert premium men han tycker inte att du är lika viktig. Men gå till honom och säg, du jag har hört att Viggo sa att man kan få en extra prenumeration på premium om du redan finns i företaget för bara tusen spänn. Ett bra sätt att uppmana medarbetare att bli mer intresserade och ja, det är väl lite status att läsa premium hoppas jag. Ja, vi får väl se. Tack så mycket för att du har lyssnat och ha en bra dag. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.